and welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day number 15. And I have one story today, and story number one comes from Lauren. I grew up in northwest Florida in a very small town, about 45 minutes from the nearest beach. I was raised Catholic, and then eventually Christian until slowly falling out of religious belief in my mid-teens. I spent much of my time as a child with my highly faithful grandmother, who I absolutely adored. Being the youngest of four children, two older brothers and an older sister, I was definitely tormented a little as all younger siblings are, and I do believe it left me a little more anxious than the average person. Like I stated previously, I spent much of my childhood at my grandmother's house while my parents were working. My oldest brother is 10 years older than me, while my other brother and sister are 4 and 3 respectively. So during the time my parents were at work and I was with my grandmother, my oldest brother did not need to be babysat like the rest of me and my siblings. My grandmother lived in a mobile home she built on an acre of land that she paid to have cleared. Not exactly the place you would assume to be haunted, right? The home was a three-bed, two-bath, the two guest rooms on the one side of the house along with the bathroom and the master on the other. My grandmother let us keep our toys and video games in one room and keep the other one nice for if family ever came to visit. This guest room is the star of my first story. My sister and I seem to be the only sensitive ones in our family. I'm unsure if she had any encounters with the house like I did, but she definitely agreed with me that we were both young and I was probably around the age of seven and there was something not right with that guest room. She would flat out refuse to sleep in it, always opting for the other room when she and I slept over. Unfortunately for me, this meant I had to sleep in it as we shared a room back at our parents' house and she would want her own room for the night and of course being the older of the two she got first pick. I could never sleep in this room. The air felt heavy and I always felt uneasy in there even if I wasn't alone and it was the day. The closet especially. The air being absolutely suffocating the minute I stepped foot in it. The closet was honestly probably the same size as the bathroom but my grandmother kept very little in it and generally kept the door shut. When I would have to stay the night in that room, I would never sleep. I'd have the TV on all night, specifically turn to Disney Junior, because I knew that channel would never play anything scary. All night I stayed in that room, I never had any encounters. I remember vaguely feeling a horrible sense of dread while being in that room one day after school, and it was emanating from the closet. The feeling bothered me so much that I even went up and told my grandmother. I could picture in my mind for whatever reason that there was a dark, emaciated, humanoid creature crouching in the corner behind the hanging clothes. Upon telling my grandmother, she of course being the faithful Christian woman and protector of her grandbabies, went to take a look to ease my mind. I cried as she opened the door, but luckily there was nothing there that we could see. The night that I encountered my first and only shadow figure, it was me and my brother staying the night at my grandparents'. He and I were both in the bedroom with our toys in it. It was late and he was up playing on the N64 in the dark while I had fallen asleep. I remember waking up and needing to use the restroom, it being not even two steps away across the very short hallway. As soon as I opened the bedroom door, my brother was coming out of the bathroom. The door to the other bedroom to the left was shut. We talked about something, I can't remember what it was, and then I went into the bathroom. When I was done and opened the door and went to take two steps it took to get back to my bedroom door, at that moment, something compelled me to look to my right. 
There in the doorway stood what looked like the shadow of a large man. The top of it reached the door frame. I stared at it for a few seconds before going into the bedroom where my brother was. I immediately told him what I saw. He said he hadn't seen anything a few minutes ago and went back to playing his game. I remember being alarmed by what I saw but not scared. My grandmother experienced a lot of tragedy in her life, losing two children, one at birth and one being shot when he was a young adult, I'm unsure of how old he was, and also losing a grandchild. My aunt's son was shot when he was around 12. All of this happened before even my siblings were a thought, and I think honestly before my parents ever met. Whenever I think back on seeing this figure, I always get the feeling that this was a family member. The ones I mentioned just making the most sense as to who it could possibly be, I guess. As I got into my teen years, I started experiencing sleep paralysis. The earliest I remember it happening was probably around 12 years old. I was in my bunk bed and remember opening my eyes. My vision was of me laying in my bed, but it looked as if there was a red filter on everything. I could feel a weight on my chest and could see a snake on me. I wanted to move and fling it off me, but I couldn't move. My bedroom wasn't far from the living room and I could still hear my parents in there watching TV. I screamed for my dad that there was a snake on me. He, of course, rushed into my room and I saw him from my out-of-body vantage point. As soon as I blinked, I was back in my body and the room was no longer red. I could move my body again and tried to push the snake off of me, but it wasn't there. I don't remember what happened after that but I probably just went back to sleep. When I was 13, my parents took custody of my four young cousins. They were ages 5, 3, 2 and 1 and as you can imagine, this caused quite a bit of stress for my whole family. I've noticed that stress is what triggers my sleep paralysis so my teenage years were full of it. When I was around 15, we had a bad case of bed bugs and unfortunately did not have the money to treat it professionally. Every day we would treat our house for them. After about a month into it, I started sleeping on the couch because I would get bit significantly less. This led my sister to start sleeping on an air mattress in the living room too. While I was asleep one night, I woke up but did not open my eyes. In fact, I couldn't. I couldn't move at all. In the corner of the room, I could feel it. In my mind, it looked like a poor quality alien from a bad movie. Big black bug eyes, a large oval head, short stature and silver skin. It was standing in the corner staring at me. That night my sister had gone out with her friends and was not home yet. I wanted to scream for my dad but I couldn't. This couch was leather and I could feel my sweat pooling on the cushions. I of course was able to break free from my paralysis and screamed for my dad that there was something in the room. Just like always, he shot out of bed and came running. I couldn't stop crying and screaming, In the corner, it's there, it's in the corner, watching me. I was curled up on my knees, covering my head, inconsolable. All my parents could tell me was that there was nothing there and it was okay and to please stop screaming and calm down so I could elaborate. My sister came home while I was still screaming and helped calm me down. I had spent the day with her and her friends and my parents asked if I had done any drugs, which I hadn't. I didn't sleep the rest of the night, but my sister so sweetly moved her air mattress next to the couch for the next few nights. My junior year of high school, I went to homeschooling. At the time, I was the only one of my siblings who was living at home. My sister went to college two hours away, 
and my brother lived around 45 minutes away. Unfortunately, as my parents both worked overtime, I was generally in charge of all four of my cousins, so naturally I was very stressed. While I was homeschooled, my dad didn't want me to be left at home without a car in case there was an emergency, so I would drive him to work every morning. He worked early in the morning and me being a teenager, I loved to sleep, so after dropping him off every morning, I would take a nap on the couch. Every single morning, I would have the same experience. I'd picture me sleeping on the couch on my back, I'm not a back sleeper, and someone at my front door trying to get in the house. I would always wake up with a jolt and be covered in a cold sweat. I do remember that these instances never affected me like my other instances of sleep paralysis as I could carry on minutes later after waking up like nothing happened. Looking back, you'd think I'd learn my lesson and stop napping in the same spot at the same time every day knowing I would get such a bad dream. I've always been considered a cat lady when I was little and always begged my parents to let us get a cat. My grandpa always told me that he'd get me a kitten when I graduated high school. I did end up getting a cat when I was around seven, but he still always told me the same thing. Sadly, he passed away from stage four lung cancer my first month of my senior year. Once the school year was nearing an end, my parents had put our house on the market as my mom had gotten a new job and had already moved for it. In order to make sure the house was presentable for showings and because I'm lazy, I'd kept my bed made with my nice bedding and just slept on top of it with a throw blanket. Every night for about a week, I would feel something sit on the edge of my bed. I'd never freak out when I felt it, and I knew it wouldn't be mine or my mom's cat, as she had taken them with her. I'd like to think that it was my grandpa sitting there checking on me, as we were moving ten hours away from the only town I'd ever lived in. At the same time as graduation, our neighbour's outdoor cat had kittens. They were four sweet little babies, three brown and tan tabbies and one black, just like mom. I was doing my best to find them homes, as my neighbours were just going to let them roam around. I found one of the tabbies and the black kitten's homes pretty fast. I ended up getting attached to the biggest of the tabbies and begged my dad to let me keep it. To my surprise, he said if I could pay for his shots and neuter him, I could keep him. I actually ended up keeping both of the kittens, and I like to think that my grandpa willed my dad into letting me keep them both from the afterlife. A few weeks after I graduated high school, we moved from Florida to South Carolina. We lived there for four years, and it mostly went fine in the supernatural sense. My bedroom was over the garage, and in the first year we moved there, I was awoken one night to the sound and vibrations of the garage being opened. Naturally, I was confused because everyone in the family was asleep. I called my dad instead of walking down the stairs and across the house and told him what was happening. He got up and went outside to check it out. The garage closed before he got out there, but while he was looking around outside, it opened again. The button to the garage was right next to the door that led to our driveway, and I was next to it the whole time. No one pushed it. He assumed it was the wiring or something that had happened in our house in Florida, so he unplugged it and went to bed. When it was unplugged, it never gave us problems, but it happened again a few more times. In the same months that the garage was opening itself, I was convinced I had a stalker. I worked at a place on the beach where I was a mermaid and assumed I'd caught the unwanted attention of someone because I was a young girl with a nice body that worked in a bikini. I'd get into my car some nights and notice that my seat had been moved all the way back. I drive sitting very close to the steering wheel. Sometimes lights in the car would be on. 
I would always get to work in the daylight so there was no chance it was me turning them on. I definitely made sure to lock my car every time I would go to work using the button on the door and not the fob so theoretically there was no way a human could get in while I was working. I never got an explanation as to why those things happened but the next three years I spent in South Carolina were pretty uneventful. In November of 2021, I moved to northern Alabama and that is where I currently live. The town I live in is very old, unlike the past two places I had lived. I wouldn't necessarily say this city is haunted or known to be haunted, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was somewhere here considered to be. The house my parents bought was built in the 90s, so not even especially old either. My first experience, having what I assumed to have been sleep paralysis, happened in January 2022 when my parents were back in South Carolina loading up the last of our stuff. I couldn't go because I couldn't get off work. I was alone in the house and hadn't shut my bedroom door like normal when I went to bed so that the cats could go in and out. I was laying on my left side and woke up as I frequently do. I could feel one of my cats laying at my feet in the bed and I assumed it to be Tortellini based on his massive size and he was generally the one to come and cuddle. Something about Tortellini that is relevant to this story is that he is absolutely terrified of strangers. The minute he hears someone's voice he doesn't recognise, he slinks down and runs and hides. Since we had just moved into the house, I didn't have curtains on my bedroom window and the blinds cannot keep out the light of the street lamp in our driveway. This means at night I can see pretty decently in my room. I opened my eyes to roll over and in that moment I saw what looked like a person covered in a sheet walk, more like glide, out my door. I quietly freaked out thinking that a person was in my house and I called 911 because I was home alone and sure as hell I was not going to be the one to check if it was a person. I stayed still and whispered as I was on the phone and the cops arrived shortly. I told them the code to the back door and they were able to get into the house. It was at this time that I noticed that Tortellini hadn't jumped off my bed and was still sound asleep, so whatever I saw was probably a product of being half asleep. I still slept at my brother's house that night. It is now July and I haven't had any issues in the past few months up until today. My reason for writing this is that my job consists of driving between designated grocery stores in my area and bringing the product inside and putting it on the shelves. This morning I had an issue with one of my stores and had to wait outside of it for around 20 minutes. In that time I opened the tab on the plastic lid to the coffee I had made back at my distribution base. I don't make coffee often because I don't particularly care for the blend they provide us and I don't know how to work with the industrial maker. I drank about half of it this morning but didn't finish the rest because I didn't like it. I left the little tab open to the lid and went about the next few hours like normal. As I was leaving my second to last stop in this particular town, I could hear something rattling as I drove. I kept putting my hand on everything in the cup holder area to try and stop it. Even after putting my hand on everything in that area all at once, the noise still didn't stop. I put my hand on the coffee cup and could feel that the noise was coming from it. I was kind of confused as I had my hand on the cup and it was still rattling and it was rattling decently hard. The road I was driving on was not bumpy at all and I was only going around 25 miles an hour anyway. The cup was only half full or maybe even less. The only reason I could guess why it was rattling was that a bug had crawled in it while I was in my last store and was now drowning in the coffee. On par with my theory, the rattling slowed down and got less intense and eventually stopped altogether while I still had my hand on the cup. 
Fully convinced that a bug had crawled into my cup and drowned, I pulled it out and set it on the ground once I got to my next stop. I totally could have just left the cup out on the curb but I didn't want to litter and I sure as heck wasn't going to keep a cup with a dead bug in my truck for the next 8 hours. So after mustering up some courage, I absolutely hate bugs. I kicked the cup over and watched the tiny opening as the coffee poured out to see if anything was in there. Nothing came out but there was still coffee in the cup so I popped the lid off with my shoe and tipped the rest out. There was nothing in the cup. I was so dumbfounded and still have no explanation as to what I could physically feel rattling around in my cup that morning. The day goes by and I got home in the afternoon. Nothing eventful happens and I tell my parents about my day in the evening when they returned. They didn't have an explanation either. Maybe about an hour later I'm laying in bed just winding down for the night. Tortellini is on my bed laying next to me. I have my knees up and the door is shut. Out of the corner of my eye I see my little black cat jump up on my bed and I feel and hear the plop as she lands. I move my knees to look at her excited that she's come to cuddle as she doesn't very often and there was nothing on my bed. Tortellini even perked his head up and looked in that direction when I noticed the cat jump on my bed. I'm a little startled as I write this. I really hope this does not mean that I would start having more encounters with the supernatural or sleep paralysis as I bought a house not too long ago and will be living on my own again. I definitely plan on looking into protection crystals I can place around my house and plan on cleansing the place before I move in. It does always feel like cats are just creepy supernatural little beings. You know, there was a reason why they were all seen as witches familiars because they're creepy little spooky bitches. There's a reason why Constantine has to use a cat and like stare into his eyes in order to get to hell. Because cats are spooky bitches. I thought your deduction that the rattling in the coffee cup was probably a bug was really actually quite clever. I've seen cicadas, are they called cicadas? Those rattly big bug things that they have across the pond. And they are, those things are loud. They are loud. I saw a great TikTok where this dog had one in its mouth and it was doing that dog thing where it was like, I haven't got anything, what are you talking about? And its whole mouth was like rattling with this creature. They give me the heebie-jeebies. So I don't know what to tell you about your coffee cup. That's strange. That'd be rattling so much, rattling enough that you'd be like, oh no, something's gotten in there and died. And it's like rattling away trying to get out. Because that that, that makes sense, right? That's the logical answer. As a total aside, and going back to cats briefly, Tortellini is a great name for a cat. That is a great cat name. I love a cat with a great name. I love a cat with an unusual name. Tortellini, that's a good one. Your sleep paralysis story, by the way, about the alien, is probably the most terrifying sleep paralysis story I've heard in a really long time. Like a really long time. Because that alien sounded terrifying. I know you said it looked like something from, like a poor quality alien from a bad movie, but somehow that makes it worse. Somehow that makes it scarier. It reminds me of, was it Skinwalker Ranch? The aliens that were there. Ugh. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you so much to Lauren for sending in your story. If you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to Podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website com. If you are desperate for extra content, you can sign up to patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content and every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow.